Hey everybody, this is the LSD Podcast. First of all, thanks for listening. Second of all, you're not being forced to. During our podcast, we will attempt to entertain you, make you think a little bit. We believe in the First Amendment and our right to our own opinions. You may disagree, and you can always vocalize those disagreements with us. But if you're easily offended, we're probably not the podcast for you. We try to make you think of things from a lighthearted side. We talk politics. Yeah, and occasionally we even bash religion. We make fun of certain groups and even ourselves. So if you're that easily offended, please don't listen to our podcast any further. You're not being forced to. Now, let's try to be entertaining. Well, my name is Ira, and, I, and I'll say something cool. Great stuff, guys. Very entertaining, and I have no future as a defense attorney. I'm glad I found that out today. Oh, God, I love everything about your podcast. Well, I love your... I've, you know, been listening to you guys for probably the last six months or so and kind of happed on it. I love hearing you guys come on and kind of talk about stuff in really a way that's, I don't know, you don't, you don't really care. I think it's just cool to hear. You know, it's a little refreshing to hear with all the um, the edited stuff. I love it. Makes my day. Really enjoy uh, listening to you guys and your sense of humor and everything and the, these uh, interesting subjects that you... Welcome to The Lighter Side of Dark, Season 8. One of the fastest growing podcasts in the U.S. Now, here to make your eyes roll and attempt to entertain you are Solio and Smith. Milk on the app. Welcome, everybody, to uh, episode 102, <laughs> season 8, episode 11. Rolls off the tongue now. 102. Yeah, 102. Episode uh, 102. Uh, been a, uh, and a very, very interesting week. This, uh, this week's uh, show... A shoe, as we say, uh, will be featuring uh, the musical year of 1961. Uh, our, uh, I'm looking really forward to our uh, Mount Rushmore this week. It's famous pirates. Our matey. I, I, I feel like we've done that before, but then I'm going, no, I don't really think we have. There's a part of me that that feels like we did something related to it too, but maybe we're just thinking of ye- talking about Yellowbeard or something because that was the piratey thing. Yeah, are you ever going to give me that DVD back? Yeah, by you the need way? it. I have it. I have are it. Are you ever going to give that back? You've it's been re- part of my you, prize. You've been reviewing it for seven fucking seasons. It's part of my prize borrowed and permanently <laughs> borrowed collection. Yeah, I'll throw. I'll throw it. It's going to come back. It's all messed up. Well, I used to use the coaster last summer. Yeah. So no, uh, it's in good shape actually. It looks yeah. Nice. And uh, and our uh, to remake segment is going to be fun this week. I've got uh, a uh, one that. I think you go either way with, um, and I'll give you the stats on uh, on last week's uh, contestants as well. But um, let's see, something uh, really important happened. Well, that's this yeah. past weekend. I think on Sunday. Let's see if I can find a hint. Does it have? Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Um, I did predict uh, who was going to be in the Super Bowl. I thought it would be the Niners and uh, the Chiefs. And I thought which, Bengals, Eagles. So yeah. we were half right. We were half right on that yeah. side. When the Super Bowl itself was uh, ready to go, we had a nice uh, Super Bowl party at the house. Um, I, I had the score as 35-27 Chiefs. And that would be in 38-35. The, uh, the Eagles, uh, Eagles played a good game. It it was such a good game. Honestly, it was like the best matchup. And I, I'm not a fan of either team, but it, the two of the best records in the league, probably the two best teams that were both playing really well up to it. And wouldn't you know, it came down to a field goal at the very end of the game. That's how close it was. I think that's all the non... If your team's not in it, that's all you want to see is like a good game. Like Right. It was it was a very good game. But, but a lot of people have said it was a, it was a boring game. Really? Because there wasn't any like... 
huge, big time play that will be remembered. Well, I mean the the. I disagree with that yeah, logic, but I have the I've Tony heard catch and touchdown, and then the the subsequent punt return. That that was kind of a big moment for him, and sort of a turning point pushed momentum forward. I think there's some moments. It was you know the turnover. Um, All I know is is they they ran. They ran the one play to Kadarius Tony for a touchdown. The very next drive, they ran the exact same play to Juju Smith-Schuster. It's like the Eagles fell for that fake motion across the middle and then cut back to the same side. He Andy, was wide open. Andy Reid has this way of just confusing the hell out of other teams, and it's amazing to watch. Like you said, he just did it. Yeah. You think they might be like, all right, watch for that okay, shit. Okay, he goes in motion, don't commit. And it makes you look silly as, as a unit, like completely open, and you're thinking, well, he's – He's one of their top receivers anyway, so get wide open odd. But Super Bowl commercials this year, terrible. As they're getting worse. Would say. They're getting worse. And and they're ca- and, and uh, we we got to talk about this. Have you heard of this <laughs> Jesus fella? Oh my god! Because he gets according us. to some group that basically yeah. did a commercial showing people doing having fun times and good things. Yeah. And they says, Jesus knows about all of us. Or Jesus, Jesus. knows what we like. <clears throat> now, my point is this. When you advertise, you're trying to get your product awareness out mm-hmm. so people know about it. And essentially, the Christian church is saying, have you heard about Jesus? Yeah, it's advertising. It, hey. was, it, was, it was Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses on commercial. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard about our Lord and Savior? I just, I, I don't understand that. Well, it's funded by, obviously, the white Christian nationalists. The what the uh, guy from Hobby Lobby is one of the uh, people behind all that money um, going in. And it's interesting. They, they'll, the NFL will accept money uh, from these Christian ads uh, who have proven Scient- time and time Scientology again. Scientology had a big commercial, too. Yeah. But they won't take ads for medical marijuana for veterans who advocate for it because yeah. they, they have a stance. So they have a moral high ground somewhere. You mean they have a cognitive dissonance? Ah, they, that's more like it. That's yeah, definitely that would it. be the better way to put it. Yeah, and uh, what, what did you think? I'm not going to try to lead the witness, Your Honor. Uh, what did you think of the Rihanna halftime show? I, you know what? I was driving home from my parents, so I missed the whole thing. I, went, I left at halftime. In, in my opinion, you, don't, you, you didn't miss much. It was neat to look at. Yeah, I figured I could watch it on YouTube. She she hired, I guess she hired the same choreographer and setup person, logistics person who did the Chinese opening games. Oh, okay, well that makes sense. It's so elaborate. It was it was <clears throat> elaborate. It really was. She was suspended on <clears throat> a, a, a twelve by eight uh, latex. I guess latex is the word or plastic <clears throat> platform, and raised what had to be. <clears throat> 100 feet in the air. Cirque du Soleil. And, and all of her little minions that looked like Oompa Loompas that were with her. Um, or they looked like sand people from Star Wars. Whatever. Um, they were also suspended at different other stages. So it was okay. like a, pyra- a pyramid built up. Rihanna was at the top okay. in this red kind of leather <laughs> outfit. And yeah. I assumed it would be a long commercial for her makeup or fashion or something. you know. Yeah. And, and you know she did all of her hits. Right. There was no surprise guest, which I was kind of hoping for. Yeah, I thought there might be. <clears throat> and, I mean, it's 50-50. You know, people are like, it was boring. And, and it, was, it was neat to look at, but it, there was no theatrics to it, really. So Last was, year's one with the old school rappers, Yeah, you were like, okay, who's going to come up next? 
And then you know Eminem yeah. shows up right. and does does the thing from Eight Mile. Kind of raise the bar a little bit for Snoop expectations for yeah. maybe a surprise entrant. And then when you don't get it, and you know, like Rihanna's not even really known for her music anymore because she's so focused on you know the billions she's making from her uh, other businesses. But so it's weird. It's like they just and she was also uh, six and a half months pregnant. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. She's not really showing, and I'm sure they did things to minimize it, but they show it. It showed. Did it? Yeah. It okay. Actually, when you see it, you're gonna okay. go, "Wow, dude, she is pregnant." Interesting. Uh, I bet it's gonna be round. I mean, that's a month and a half away. No, <laughs> two and a half months. It's that's gonna, close. It's gonna be round. It's gonna be round. It's a, yeah. It's a. And, uh, it's a girl. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I don't dislike Rihanna. I mean, <clears throat> she's had a couple. A couple yeah. songs I still get requests for. Sure. And she's a gorgeous woman. Um, she's very talented. Yeah. She was in the movie Battleship. Really. Yeah, a main character in the movie. And she was also in uh, that Ocean's 8, which the all-women's cast okay. of the Ocean's 11 kind of series. How long ago were these? I'm going to guess maybe three years ago for okay. Ocean's 8. And Battleship <laughs> was 2015, 2016 okay. maybe. Um, so it sounds like she almost transitioned away from music. Because I would say that's the last time she had a big hit somewhere in that range. Yeah. So maybe she's just well, like, she hasn't toured in seven years. Yeah, she probably doesn't. She's, she's busy with be, other stuff. Everybody's like, oh, after this, she's going to be touring again. No, she's not. She's nah. seven months pregnant, for God's sake. No, nah, she's done touring. So congratulations again to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Why? Because when you don't have a lot of big theatrical plays, you just give it to the winning quarterback. Okay. Right. That's, that's why that happens. Easy enough. <clears throat> and everybody's freaking out when Mahomes got slightly injured before – Halftime. I'm like, this is no big deal. They're going to go in there. They're going to shoot his leg up with every kind of. Right. He ain't going to feel shit. He's got seven and a half months to rest that ankle right. after he wins the Super Bowl. Exactly. I got a uh, a, a very interesting subject uh, that I want to talk about because of our mutual disdain for religion, and and sometimes my my disdain for other things. Uh, Dave, how could this be news? Here are your hosts, Solio and Smith. How can this be news? Um, you know I'm a big Jordan Peterson fan. Right. I've read his book, uh, 12, 12 uh, Simple Rules. Uh, probably watched, of the videos that are out there on him, about 80%. Now, do I agree with everything the man talks about? Definitely not. Same type of thing with uh, with Ben Shapiro, the ultra-right-wing um speaker i've listened to some of his debates watched some of his debates and he makes excellent points as long as he doesn't go off on the right tangent he actually makes sense about some things but i've always said from the beginning do i lean more left and do i lean more democratic yes and i think that's because that's where the party is i agree with that so i lean that way but i saw a video with jordan peterson having an interview with a woman and she was asking him about why he has such disdain for women. I loved his response. He goes, I don't have a disdain for women. I try to empower men, and some women take that the wrong way. And I agree with that. What Do you have an example of maybe something he said or, or, or some behavior he's exhibited that would be an example of that? Because that's, that's a pretty strong statement well, the, for but that, That's what she kept hitting him with. Yeah. And he handled her back. Because I don't know too much about his rhetoric, but I'm familiar with him. Yeah, but. he's... Um, he he's a he's a I guess he's a clinical psychologist. Mm, Canadian clinical psychologist, but yeah. that's about as much as I know. All I know is is that his uh, this this interviewer said, 
Um, you know, you often quote the Bible and use that as a way of explaining how women have been trodden, uh, trodden upon, or whatever the word that she mm-hmm. used, um, basically uh, loomed over and, and run by the patriarchal. As soon as you say the word patriarchal with J- Jordan Peterson, he goes off on a tangent. Mm-hmm. But she said, you often quote the Bible and try to say the Bible. He goes, he goes absolutely. There is no evidence in the Bible of women being persecuted. <clears throat> really and and I at that point I almost hit stop on the video I ended up watching the rest of it but <clears throat> I cannot believe that someone as intelligent as Jordan Peterson would somehow defend the Bible that and he weird. said he said that man, man and woman were made in God's image actually I'll disagree with him Man supposedly was made in God's image. According to the Bible. But a woman was made from a man's rib. Right. Man needed a companion. Not an equal. A companion. Notice that they they were kind of general with it. Yeah. Well, you're accusing the Bible. Pets are companions. Yes, pets (laughs) are companions. Exactly. (laughs) So I just, I thought to myself, um, are there people out there who really still believe to this day? Uh, that's why we do our segment, Bible or Bullshit. That's why we, uh, like it says in the opening thing, we, and occasionally we bash religion. I think we bash religion at least once a week. Because I think it needs, it needs a good bashing. Um, but yeah, he said he was, he was defending this. Hmm. That, that women were not chattel. Women were not downtrodden. Women were not uh, subservient. When has he read the? I mean, has he read the? Even I, I'm not familiar with the Bible. That's why we're doing Bible and bullshit. But even I know yeah. that there's that imagery in the Bible, and, and it's know, and it's there a lot. <clears throat> right. It's it's definitely there a lot. And I know that you know I view it as something that is more of a fairy tale anyway, just a game of telephone or you know a, a way to sort of steer history in a direction they want. But despite that, it's full of inferences that make women look lesser than and kind of as, as sort of equate them to property. I just I just thought um, I'm going to be, I, I still watch his videos and same thing with Ben Shapiro. Um, he, he, he defends himself extremely well in debates. And that's one of the things I respect. Whether you, whether I agree with your point or not, if you can make your counterpoint and, and get it over, because right. there was a guy in the audience questioning uh, Ben Shapiro about, well, how come you make comments about this subject and you're not an expert? And how, make you, how come you, make, you give opinions on this subject when you're not an expert? And I loved his answer. He goes, I don't believe in the, the you're coming from a place of, uh, of uh, what was the word he used? Um, you're coming from a place of authoritarian. Like, like I should know and you don't know. And he goes, I just don't think somebody with a PhD next to their name automatically makes him a genius. Doesn't automatically make him a genius, but I think that is sort of a straw man. They're saying what makes you think you know better, not what makes you think this person is a genius. What, so, what, so he's, he's what he said was, he goes, I don't need a PhD to recognize something as bullshit. And the entire audience well, applauded. that's true. Whether they were for him or against him, the entire audience reacted to that. Right. 
And like you and I, we don't claim to be experts on any one thing, but I think we're fairly knowledgeable about most things. That's true, but I would tend to defer to a speci- if it's a specialized knowledge and someone has a PhD, I would defer to them more than I would just say, well, I've done my own research and I have Google too. That, that just seems a little arrogant and a little bit presumptuous to think that it's sort of dismissive of somebody who has an education, I think, and, and a specialization. Is, right. So. Well, we're, uh, we're in the mood. I want you to put your hands together and welcome him to the stage. Big round of applause for Jackson Heights' own LSD Podcast. Yes! It's time for the LSD Podcast's brand new feature, Bible or Bullshit. Our hosts will be given quotes, possibly from the Bible, or possibly bullshit they have to decide. This one's not going to be easy. Praise the Lord. When does it ever pass? The ammunition. Religion is tough. I can't tell what's what these days. Religion is scary. It's 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 tough and it's scary and it's all of those things. It's there oh and it's intended. Just as intended. It is working. Just as intended. This is uh, our Bible or bullshit segment in case you were wondering where every week I get some two two scenarios basically one's from the Bible one's not and that's I was I'm, I'm pretty good at this by the way yeah well my record's about 50 50 yeah I can I can I am obviously gonna be you know, I, writing a bunch of stuff here I think I think I uh, I bit it last week knocked me back down to about 500 on the year I think I fell for the uh it was, I think, violence or violence were the two, were the two choices. All right. Here comes the first one, Paul. See, see if you can get this. All right. All right. Daniel led his family into the pit where they were ridiculed and made sport of until he turned and left his family in the pit to fight alone as he turned on them <laughs> and joined with those who were persecuting him. He did this to garner favor from the Lord. So saith the shepherd. Daniel led his family into the pit where they were ridiculed and made sport of until he turned and left his family in the pit to fight alone as he turned on them and joined with those who were persecuting him. He did this to garner favor from the Lord. Yikes. That's dark. I know. Hard hard his family out to dry. Hard to believe. Yeah. All right. So that's... One answer. Let's uh, let's see what the other passage has to say here. Are you ready for your second one? I think so. All right. Then Judah said to Ezekiel, Go in to your brother's wife and perform your duty as the brother-in-law to her and raise offspring for your brother. I'm not sure where that one was going. Then Judah said to Ezekiel, Go in to your brother's wife and perform your duty as a brother-in-law to her and raise up offspring for your brother. Amen. Okay. I'm not quite sure go what go into your brother's wife means. That has a, yes, that could be. I've gone into an occasional woman in my day. Mm-hmm. That, that could mean a lot of things. That could mean a lawsuit or a good time. At the very uh, end of this, it says, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. That is, that is a Bible quote, by the way. Yeah, it has to be. The book, of, the book of 
Jerry Springer. Book of Springer. Springer 316. All right. How about... I think... Okay. Boy. So we've got a kid going into the pit treated as basically... It sounds like spectacle almost. Uh, and, and he leaves his family there. And he joins the people that have been persecuting him. So that's pretty dark and twisted. Or we've got a Judas directing a brother-in-law to go ahead and raise his, his brother's kid. Uh, that's a little weird, too, because I know Judas is kind of uh, not not really one of the good guys, um, or at least how that he's presented in the Bible. So I think, boy, I think the BS one was maybe brother-in-law. That would be my that would be my guess. So nope, that, you're okay. wrong. So that you, is from Genesis. So it's you can't go into your brother's life. Eight, hmm. eight verses eight through ten. Genesis 38, 8 through 10. Uh-huh. Go into your brother's wife. Would you care to be more specific, Bible? That's the real one. Just just <clears throat> go into her. Boy, just go. Like a spirit. Like a Holy Spirit. Float. Be it doesn't. It doesn't say the position, but my guess is missionary. Probably. That there is we go. So Absolutely. safe. The Lord. All right. Starting to tank. I was getting ready to hit the... I was getting ready to hit this because I thought you'd get it right. But you got it wrong. It's a better... It's a more happy sound. You're still around 50-50, though. Yeah. I, I think, think it might be a little under, but you know what? That's why I need salvation. I was listening to, uh, I think, episode four or five of this season of The Car the other day, and uh, I had forgotten which one I read was real or not, so I was, like, playing along. Sure. And I guessed the wrong one, too. It, it shows you how ludicrous some of the stories that they tell are. Because what, What's really interesting is uh, your, your partner is writing Bible verses that literally some people believe. Yeah. I could, like, write you know, a Bible, abridged version. It's almost like you could create a religion out of nothing and Bible tell people cliff what notes. to do. <laughs> yeah. That would help people well, digest the it. The Scientologists have already done that. They just created a religion right out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Even L. Ron Hubbard basically said, yeah, it's just made up. <laughs> you, you want to be rich, start a religion. And he proved it. And they ran and, with it. And uh, who was the guy who invented Mormonism? Oh. Joe. Smith, John Smith, or something like that. That sounds good to me. Gary D. Mormon. Yeah, something bring, like Brigham that. Young. <laughs> That's what Michael Jackson went. Brigham Young. Bring, bring, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> hey, it's time for Florida Man, Paul. Florida Man. I've got to wake up. Uh, oh, I've got to wake up, Dave over there. Make sure he's ready to uh, do oh, his thing to earn, earn, to earn his money. Money, uh, money. I'm trying to find it here. Why did, do, why, why, why did get in the booth? Can I find my, um, my Florida Man segment? Got to be in here somewhere. Dave, pay attention. He's he's not looking. I'm waving. Nope, him. nope. He, he's just now back in the control room, putting his headphones on. He was going to get coffee. Of course. Hey, gang. Do you know what time it is? What time is it's it? It's time for the Florida Man oh, Game Show. Cheers and Brought to you by Game Show Party, right company. here in the Tampa Bay area. A great company, by the way. Florida is famous for its crazy Florida Man headlines. Really? With all the crazy stuff done only by a Floridian. That makes sense. Well, in this game, both of our hosts are sentenced to 21 days in the county jail. Uh, I can do 21 days. Each of them will be read three real headlines from the newspaper or the nightly news and they must choose which one is fake the reader will do their best to convince them of which one they should choose and they must either agree or disagree like hollywood square style if they answer right they get one day off of their sentence if they're wrong 
they get one day added to their sentence. Let's see who gets out of jail first. Let's see. Now, let's see what crazy stuff Florida man has done already. Thank you very much, Dave, and your dulcet tones. Uh, let's see. Currently, I've got to check our list and check it twice. Uh, you are at nine days. Oh, boy. And I am at 12. All right. So you could get to six, less than a week if you get this right this week. And you'll be in single digits. You want to go first or you want to go second? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. I'll All right. You always have it. Here we go. Florida man arrested for handing out free marijuana because it was Christmas. Because it was Christmas is quoted. Florida man arrested for handing out free marijuana because it was Christmas. Florida woman steals five. Uh, sorry. Florida woman steals fifty six hundred traffic cones for art installation. Florida woman steals fifty six hundred traffic cones for Holy art shit. installation, or. Florida man cuts off penis of wife's lover with scissors. Charming. Florida man cuts off penis of wife's lover with scissors. So I'll recap here. One of these being fake. Florida man arrested for handing out free marijuana because it was Christmas. Florida woman steals 5,600 traffic cones for art installation. Florida man cuts off penis of wife's lover. With scissors, the old bobbit treatment. Ouch. All right, I have a chance to get into single digits here if I get this right. If I get it wrong, back up 13 days and you're running away with it. Um, recently, there was another one involving cutting off a penis, mm-hmm. and I thought, it can't be that. And I went a different direction. Okay. But... On this one, I'm not going to go with that one also. I, I got a funny feeling that sounds like Polk County, mm-hmm. maybe Alachua County headline. Okay. So I am going to say a Florida woman who stole 5,600 cones. Well, guess what? You're now in single digits. Yes. Congratulations for the first time ever, I think. Yeah, eat, eat, eat that, ladies and gentlemen. Eat that. Got to cross off another couple of... Add three sticks on the side of your prison cell. <laughs> three time for good behavior, three days. All right. Let's see if I can uh, get you down to six <laughs> days. Are you ready? I am ready. A Florida woman arrested for shooting at noisy house guests who overstayed their welcome. Can't say I blame her for We've that. We've all been there. Yeah, it's living the fantasy. Florida woman arrested for shooting at noisy house guests who overstayed their welcome. Okay, perfectly understandable. Or as you call it, Tuesday. Tuesday. Florida man throws a samurai sword at sheriff's deputies in an altercation. <laughs> The ultimate neck. Would it be beard. possible to throw one of those and have it like stick in the wall? I, that would be like that would be like right. the ultimate martial it's arts like thing. In kung fu or something. So Florida man throws samurai okay. sword at sheriff's deputies during altercation. Okay, that's rough. And your third and final option to get you to six days is a Florida couple drop off a cougar cub at a local animal shelter. Oh my God! The... Florida couple drop off a cougar cub at a local animal shelter. 
Joe, Joe Exotic is in this uh, story. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, fucking Carol Baskin. I... Uh, Florida woman arrested for shooting at noisy house guests. Florida man throws samurai sword. Or Florida couple drop off a cougar. Okay. At an animal shelter. I, uh, as, as wild as the cougar thing is, it, it is Florida, so sometimes I have to take that into consideration. It is kind of a wild kingdom here. Um, the samurai sword... Well, with the first one is the um, what shooting at house guests. Shooting at house guests. That that's certainly extreme. Um, but boy, damned if I've never wanted to shoot at some of those people that just don't know when to leave. Sometimes a, a little hint doesn't work, so you give them a big hint. When you walk up and they've been on your futon for three extra weeks yeah. longer, you walk over the shotgun and go. That should be enough. That sound should do it. So um, I mean, it's extreme i guess it's feasible depending on how mentally unwell the person is i think the samurai sword is is funny it's it's kind of weird um and again you know never underestimate what meth can do to a person but all i I can say is is you can't not get randy jackson's autograph if that's the only thing you have with you you have him sign the samurai sword definitely right on the blade step brothers terrific (laughs) can't believe the oscars missed that one Ah, that's a shock I think the samurai sword is the one that I'm going to call as bullshit just because that's a specific thing and weird to get a hold of. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, listen closely to your radio right now or whatever you're listening to our podcast on. Maybe it's a phone. Maybe it's an iPhone. Maybe it's an Android. Maybe it's because you're either going to hear the sound of a crowd applauding and Paul's going to be ecstatic or you're going to hear the flush of the, the toilet, toilet <laughs> to prove that he's back up to 10 days. <laughs> Or a couple drop off a cougar All right. at a local animal shelter. So maybe he got a samurai sword at one of those uh, malls or flea markets. I guess it is Florida. You never know. Cougar cub or samurai sword? Take your pick. Damn it. You, you right. and I are really close now. Seven and nine. Yep. All right. Single digits. It's a football score. I had you at uh, nine already. Were you at six? Oh, no, I wasn't. So I'm at yeah. 10. So I'm at 9 and you're at 10. Okay. Right. I can I can live with that. All right. We're close. Getting close. I can, I can totally, completely uh, live with that. Guess what, gang? We are going to be back with our uh, second segment where we're going to be talking about our remakes. And, uh, and like I said, we got a lot of fun stuff planned today. 1961, the year in review, a lot of great music. And then our Mount Rushmore of Famous Pirates. We'll be back. Hey everybody, this is Rob Smith with the LSD Podcast. Tell you about our latest sponsor, CMX Cinemas, the Cinebistro as it's known. We'd like to definitely recommend you go out and give them a try. CMX Cinebistro Hyde Park is a -a one-of-a-kind elevated movie-going experience with amenities such as all-reserved recliner seating, full-service in-theater dining, extensive beer, wine, and cocktail selections, and a chef-crafted menu. All auditoriums feature 4K digital projection and a 7.1 surround sound. Guests may choose to dine in the restaurant and bar, even if not seeing a movie, and are never required to order food or drinks when seeing a movie. 
We also offer traditional movie concessions such as hot, fresh popcorn, candies, and snacks. The multifunctional theater is also available to rent for movie screenings, birthday parties, corporate events, meetings, and all kinds of celebrations. I can tell you from personal experience, my wife and I are both spoiled. We don't like to go see the movies anymore. We prefer the Cine Bistro. So check them out, go online, and get your tickets today. We're giving away free tickets to this December's holiday season at the CMX Cine Bistro. So if you vote on our Facebook page, you could be a winner. Hey everyone, this is Solio from the Lighter Side of Dark, and I want to talk about my favorite bakery in the whole world, Cuppy Cakes. If you live in the greater Tampa Bay area and you have a special event coming up, a uh, wedding, birthday, getting off probation, I want you to give them a call, go to their website, check out their work. It is impeccable. They've been around since 2011, and they make the most incredible custom cakes you'll ever see. www.ourcuppycakes.com, or you can find them on Pinterest, Instagram, or Facebook. Check them out today. I promise you won't be disappointed. Cuppy Cakes, where life is sweet. That little uh, musical interlude you just heard right there was uh, composed, conducted, and done by my partner, Paul Solio. Composed? That sounds like a... Yeah, composed. Professional. Something I haven't been most of my life. <laughs> I can I can totally relate to that. Uh, I've been called compost, but never composed. Yeah, someone's called me full of compost for sure. So what uh, what are you watching on TV nowadays, Paul? What what show are, are you and your lovely wife uh, binge watching? What, you are know, you, what are you into? What we've been doing just to sort of calm things down as we'll we'll sort of get on the couch and put hallmark on in the background and just leave it on and then we'll kind of just either read or be on our tablets or our phones and, and just kind of sit there and unwind and uh sometimes jeopardy we'll tape jeopardy I like to watch a binge watch that fast forward through the interviews of the people because they're so boring yeah. Let's go to uh, Art Koch. He's a uh, retired uh, professor from uh, NYU. Uh-huh. And uh, I understand, Art, you collect dead ants. Are you talking about uh, the one that's opposite of an uncle or the insect? Right, pretty much. Well, well, uh, Ken, it's funny you say that. It's actually my uncle's uh, wife that I collect. She's dead. Yeah. yeah, that's what I expect to hear from them. I do love that one commercial that talks about the couple has an ant problem. It's all the ants going around the house going, nice house. I hope you can think you can keep it yeah. clean. Like, I found an ant Expired. Like that. Yeah. Expired. Expired. <laughs> They'd make her like into a mother-in-law. I'm like, okay. Right. We're, we're watching, um, we're binge-watching Madam Secretary. Okay. With uh, Taya Leone as the... Uh, as Taya the, Leone making yeah. a comeback. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, six, uh, six seasons. We're only in uh, season okay. two, I Boy, think, right now. I remember that. I mean, she was the 90s last time uh, I, saw, I heard that name. She that. was in the original Bad Boys. She okay. she looked she looked pretty good in that. That was a while ago. Now, yeah. yeah, and uh, she was also her first movie was uh, League of Their Own. Oh, which I I she know played, that movie well. She was the I mean you had Gina Davis and 
uh, Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna was in it, but the, she played one of the other uh, girls on the other team. Yeah, yeah okay. she was really young in that uh, in that movie. Best line of that movie it was not you know no there's no crying in baseball. It was basically the uh, scout who showed up and, and we'll pay you seventy five dollars. Well, you we only make forty in the dairy. Well, that would be more then, wouldn't it? Yeah, he's he is a love great, John Love. That's a great role for him. Just kind of shows up, steals the scene, and leaves. So, yeah, we're watching the Madam Secretary. A lot of cameos from big stars. So what's the premise of Madam Secretary? Uh, the Secretary of State was uh, died in a plane crash. Okay. And she was a uh, professor, philosopher at, at some school, had a political science, and uh, the president basically drafted her to be his new Secretary of State. So okay. each week there's a huge... A thing that's going to end the world, and she solves it. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. I wish. She, she, she literally saves the world about 46 minutes. Boy, what a that's a good skill. You know, what, what are your talents? Oh, you know, I like to draw, save the, the world. Mad, uh, Madeline Albright, a, a real Secretary mm-hmm. of State, yes. plays herself in the movie. Really? When Taylor goes to her and asks her for advice. How about that? Yeah, so they, they tie in a lot of, rea- a lot of reality stuff. That's so I would, I would definitely say, uh, if you get a chance, watch it. It's a good show. Definitely a good show. All right, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and get started on our uh, remake segment. Here we go. In this episode, our vast musical knowledge will determine whether a song should have been remade or should have been left alone. We call it remake or not to remake. That is the question. We depend on you, our listeners, to vote on our Facebook page and tell us whether or not it should have been Remade. Last week's results, Amy Stewart won over the original. I think it was Eddie Floyd, Eddie did Floyd the, yeah. who did the original. Uh, knock on knock wood. On wood. Uh, there were people sending in stuff like question mark, like they'd never even heard the original, thought sure. that hers was the I original. I would think that's a pretty common response. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, 71 to 29%. Okay. 71 right. to 29%. So that was a good one. People on, tend uh, to go with the one that I think they are familiar with more, more often than that. We almost had our first tie. Really? Almost at our first tie with uh, uh, Dancing in the Moonlight, uh, originally done by King Harvest and yeah. redone by 311 for the movie A Walk to Remember. Uh, a lot of responses from people about uh, they hadn't heard the new one. Yeah. But really liked it. Well, they did it. I thought they did a really nice tribute to it. Yeah. 311 did because so, it is sort of in their wheelhouse when I think of the beat of it. So it was 52% for the new version. Really? Okay. And 40 yeah, That was the closest we've ever had that is in, a, in a remake or not to remake. Closest we've it's ever like had. It's like a one vote off kind of thing. Yeah. Considering a week before, Don <laughs> McLean's American Pie won 100% to zero. Yeah. So it was not exactly the best remake. I wanted to get that in there because I just I love that at, song. At least the, our fans are knowledgeable yeah. in that case. All right. Uh, my entrant uh, into this week... This is the one that I think everybody knows. Eventually, Garth Brooks is going to start singing, I promise. I'm shameless When it comes to loving you I'll do anything you want me to I'll do anything at all Shameless 
by Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. I, I have to admit something. When that song came out, I liked it. I was always, always been a big, um, uh, excuse me, Troil Brooks. Oh, boy, Troil, you remember that? Yes. When we were our featured music artist, we did. Uh, That's his Garth real Brooks. name. His real name, uh, Troil Garth Brooks. Boy. Troil. Should have just taken the Troil. I just go by Troil. Yeah. That's I'm a one name guy. You, you can call me Troy. Yeah. Or you can call me Al. Just don't call me Troy Al. Troy Al. One or two. So shameless, I have to admit, I, uh, I I love the song, and then somebody said, yeah, that's a Billy Joel remake. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I thought I'd listen to every Billy yeah. Joel album in its entirety. I believe that's on Stormfront. And I was very familiar with this version, because I, I, I just, you know, my family was all Billy Joel fans, so we had this album came out, and we listened to the whole album, and this was on it. But it's... So that's the original, and I'm here to tell you, I have a hard time telling the two apart. If it wasn't for that slide guitar at the very beginning of, right. of Garth's, that, yep. that tells me that's Garth Brooks's version. Exactly. Where this huge guitar mm-hmm. downstroke, mm-hmm. that's Billy Joel. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh, and I, I know that Garth Brooks is a big Billy Joel fan, and anytime I've heard him cover a song of Billy Joel, he really keeps. He keeps the integrity of this song. He just puts a little bit of that country spin into it. Yeah, um, a, a, little, a little yeehaw junction. Just a bit. There. Um, I, I love, love, love. As Billy Joel is probably my favorite solo artist, but I love Garth Brooks' version of that song. To me, he that song is his now. Yeah. Like it, the way it was begging for a country tune-up, and, and the, just that the slide in the beginning, the way they, they just add that slide guitar. Um, By the way, the beats per minute. Of, Sh- of Shameless by Garth Brooks is 154.4 beats per minute. Billy Joel is 155 beats per minute. Yeah. That is how true mm-hmm. the remake really truly I've was. I've heard him cover a couple of his you know uh, deeper cuts before too, and I, so I know he's a fan, and, and he does the same thing. It sounds very, very much like Billy Joel's version. I've got to tell you, Garth Brooks does a hell of a version of American Pie. I believe it. I it's feel one, like Garth Brooks could sing it. It's one of his encores. Yeah. He comes out and... Just long, long time ago, the yeah. whole crowd starts singing with him. So when you're tired at the end of a show, you right. just let, let the audience do the singing. I, I think Garth, as great as he is, people might, people might be forgetting sometimes just how good Garth Brooks is. Maybe because he was more in the in the mainstream a while back. But I, I'm going to predict this one's going to be really close too. I think diehard Billy Joel fans are going to go. This is the authentic one we we want, we always loved. And then your country fans are going to go, nope, like you said, it's kind of Garth Brooks' song now. Well, I'm a Billy Joel fan, and I'm not really a country fan, and I like Garth Brooks' version. So I'm curious to see how, if if my feeling will translate for other Billy Joel fans. Because I I know all his albums and every So you're saying you like BJ? I, yes, who doesn't? What, exactly. What, good blood if you're a Barry Manilow fan, you obviously like BMs. That's right. Well, sure. Who doesn't love a good BM? I also like Bette Midler. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Beaches. Benny, Benny Mardonis. How many BM initials think we can come up with in music? Barry Manilow. Bette Midler. Benny Mardonis. Um, 
Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. Cock toasting. John Singleton. Singleton from the great movie Barney Fletch. Miller. Barney Miller. There you go. <laughs> Back to our. our uh, we got to think about that. Coming up with how many uh, how many different uh, singers we can come up with that have BM for initials. That might be a. a, a that, you know what? If you're it's gonna, unfortunate. If you're going to send us a, a, a twit, a tweet, a twat, whatever those things are called, <laughs> or or on uh, an Insta, an Insta. I think Twat uh, is right. They're owned by Elon. Yeah. Boss. So send us any uh, musical artist that you can think of that uh, have the initials BM. We just gave you the first three, so you guys got to come up with the rest. <laughs> All right. So I got Shameless. What you got? Um. So I have a song that well, everybody knows the. Kind of skip some of the uh, intro here. Long intro. Judy Garland over the rainbow from obviously the Wizard of Oz and now I had one of those duh moments where um, you presumed the song I would be picking and I think I am going to actually choose this as the remake because I think it's more well known so I'd like to see the traditionalist versus the song that is kind of uh, again been very popular last 20 years and I'm going to mention a third version because I really want to give an honorable mention to, uh, to someone else. But here is the remake by Israel Kamakukawakawakachikabaka. That's easy for you to say. He just basically goes by Israel K. Israel K. Yeah. I see. You know, he knew. Sadly, he's... he's by the way, this guy looks like Jabba the Hutt. Probably why he didn't make it. And he's playing a ukulele that looks way out of place. Mm-hmm. I, I looks like a novel. He looks like a novelty act. It, I love his voice. Yeah, it's but he great. looks like a novelty act. I think all of those things are what played into this getting enough airtime. But it's just the perfect beach wedding. Either you know, it could be a walk-up song. It could be a pre-wedding ceremony song. It could be a. Cocktail. I've had a father-daughter dance to this. Absolutely works. And it's just a beautiful rendition. I think he's known as Israel K because he weighs a thousand pounds. Seriously, yeah, he's, he's huge. He's, you ever he's seen a picture? You ever seen a picture of the guy? <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen him. He's a yeah. big boy. He looks like uh, you have to step back to get him in full frame. Yep. Yep. Sadly, I'm sure he is on a diet. It's called Slim Slow. No, he's he's on a diet. It's called Worm Food. <laughs> he is the diet. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Just desecrated your memory, but I have a feeling he's going to win the. Well, vote. You you had another version that uh, I did. That you, wanted, a, you wanted me to hear. There's a version uh, by a jazz singer that not a lot of people know about yet, but uh, I think debuting here on the LSD podcast. Yes. Her name is Eva Cassidy. So. That's a very pretty version. It, 
Ava Cassidy. Very soft. So, yeah, she 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 died many years ago, uh, I believe, from cancer. And she was young. She was, I think, in her thirties. And but just there's a lot of jazz, jazzy covers of uh, stuff that is out there still. It really, just has a beautiful, pure voice. And I always loved. It. My father introduced me to her in that version, and I always loved it. Certainly more than the original. Um, but I know that not a lot of people have heard it, but I wanted to at least show show off her pipes a little bit because I think she has just a beautiful voice. Ava Cassidy. See if you recognize who's singing this one. Orion? Nope. <laughs> okay. I heard a run. We would have already heard three runs yeah. at this point. You'll be surprised. I probably will. I only know about this because this was a specific song that being played at a wedding ceremony that you mentioned. Okay. You're hearing the beautiful velvet tones of Miss Faith Hill. Really? I figured it was someone singing out of genre, but I don't think I would have placed it anyway, even yeah. if it was. Just, uh, I like that version. It's, it's, That's the best thing Tim McGraw ever did. Yes, indeed. Certainly. Yeah. Good for him. Faith Hill and Shania Twain both literally came in at the same time. And I'm thinking, Shania's going to hold up. I don't think Faith will. And Faith really has been kind of consistent right. over the last 20 years. And now Shania is making kind of a comeback in Vegas. Yeah. And she still looks absolutely fantastic. Oh, I'm sure she, she does. really does. You just never know who's going to maintain popularity or keep touring. They still have the itch to, to perform. So that's going to be on our Facebook page. You need to pick uh, who did the better remake. Was it uh, Israel K., Judy Garland, or was it uh, Garth Brooks, or was it Billy Joel? So uh, we'll be looking for you guys to uh, to vote on that. We're going to be uh, take a quick break. Be right back with our uh, 1961 year in review. Please uh, stay with us, won't you? This is Christopher Walken. And I want to tell you, you're listening currently to the lightest side of Doc podcast. Looking for something unique for your next event? Try Game Show Party, where we bring all of the classic game shows that we've all been seeing our entire lives. Shows like Family Feud, The Really Wed Game, Match Game, Pyramid, Wheel of Fortune, Fun Style Jeopardy, and many, many more. Game Show Party brings the full size TV style game show to your next event. Great for fundraisers or parties. So for more information, check out gameshowparty.com or call 727-531-8880 and book your new game show event today. Welcome back. And now to the second segment of the show, where our hosts feature their vast musical knowledge. And our vast musical knowledge this week is focusing on the year, uh, the year of our Lord. Gotta say it like that, the year of our Lord. Yes, 1961. 61. 
1961. Uh, do so you know what song was the biggest song of 1961, Paul? Well, you know, I'm afraid to guess now because Wikipedia is what I have in front of me, and they're, they're saying they're quoting the Billboard magazines, but I don't know anymore. So what I have is Tossin' and Turnin' by Bobby Lewis, and I'm not sure how it matches up with, with your data here. You've got the hard copy version of the Billboard Top 40. You know, some, of the, some of the crap you mentioned a couple weeks ago, I'm like, where the I know. hell? This is wiki sources billboard but it sources it online not not a text like this so i don't know where this is all coming from but i think as long as we get it covered cover all the big hits you know what absolutely right does that track yeah okay so this one this time it's accurate toss it and turning i'm pretty sure i have that one on he's uh, not a bm but he is a bl so we're close here tossing and turning by bobby Lewis. I, i've got it uh if you Front from Animal House. Yes, yes, for those Animal House lovers, a lot of good oldies in Animal House, definitely. Here's the hook. Well, he's a lyrical genius. Tossing and turning, and then you know, turning and tossing, tossing and turning. So he understands contrasts and wordplay. He's just a genius. This is interesting this year because it's before the Beatles invaded. Yep. Oh, Benny King. I, one time I was looking for when I first started DJing, I was looking for Benny King. I was looking for Ben B E N N Y King. I could never find it. Ben E dot King. It makes sense now. At the time, that's what everyone hears. Benny King. Such a great song. I enjoyed uh, Mickey Gillies' cover on Urban Cowboy. It was a very danceable version of that song. Country, country danceable. That's not what I expected uh, the song to turn into, but that takes talent to do, I think. Come on, everybody! Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back after his 1959 hit The Twist, Chubby Checker, asking us to twist again. Please, twist one more time! Give me another hit, please. He's got a very strange voice. Like he's eating his own, eating the back of his own throat. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why he's eating the back of his own throat. <laughs> chubby, chubby. You heard that here, Doctor. What's wrong with him? He's been eating the back of his own throat. Not again, Chubby. I told you to cut down on that. Well, we've got a gay guy in the next band that would like to see you try that. <laughs> so, uh, Dion was uh, having some trouble. You know, he, first he was wandering, and then here he's got problems. Yep. She was on the other Sue, Sue is a slut in this song. Man, she, every a single raging guy. slut. Every single guy in town. Every according, single guy in town. According to him. Run Around Sue. Great song, always a fun song uh, to throw on the it'd dance be, floor. It'd, depending it'd be a on. great song advertised for Trojan. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, she's just kind of walking around and, and has her purse and they're full of them. And she's just dropping them, throwing them out like Another candy. huge hit from <laughs> 1961 is uh, Miss Connie Francis. Oh. Still has that 50s influence in there. Thank you, Connie, for that uh, lovely, lovely song. 
What you got next? uh, Well, one of the greatest songs to play at the end of a gig. And no, I'm not talking about closing time. I'm talking about get the F out, please. I have it on my list. A great, polite way to say we're close. Bye. Walking and talking, people. Hit the road. Walking and talking. Uh When you really just got to move Hit the road, Jack. And any excuse to play Ray Charles is a good excuse. Mr. Bobby V and a song called Rubber Ball. Not to be confused with the red rubber ball that was being thrown around in the 60s by the circle. Well, you know, I got to jump in on this one. Del Shannon. This is a good, this is a good big one. Big song. Big song. As I walk along, I wonder. It really is a great song. The melody is very melancholy. Who do you think the average length of the song was? Uh, I don't see it. Two minutes and 30 seconds. That I would think average so. Length. This is, let's see, this is Runaway. 220, right? Runaway ish. So, Crying. What I was going to play next by Roy Orbison, 246. So that right there, right right in about that wheelhouse. Speaking of which, Elvis still being popular for a bit. Roy Orbison sounding a little bit like that. Uh, also popular in 1961 with Crying. Yeah, and boy, you could almost switch the two because Roy Orbison was so attractive. He <laughs> was just beautiful. He was literally in that group that Traveling Wilburys. Which should have the group should have been called We Have No Groupies. <laughs> what know. women are showing up to screw these guys? Oh boy. Bob, was it Bob was it Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, Roy Orbison? And in my George Harrison, I think. Yeah. We have, we have to, literally yeah, I'm gonna look them up here real quick. Yeah, I think just based on their name alone they could get probably absolute top quality tail, but that goes <laughs> to show you that you don't have to be handsome. You just have to be really good. Oh and my rich. god! They were just literally the ugliest man. It was ever. a, it was a case of good thing you're talented. You you found your way. Some sometimes there are those of us that need to make it up in in other ways. Wow, they are absolutely not even listed. No, I don't know if they had any hits because they really just. I think they just kind of liked hanging out and jamming together more than anything. Really? And then Roy Orbison died. Not a single hit from the Traveling Wilburys. Yeah. I don't know that they had to get, get, had much time to get off the ground. I think Roy Orbison died not too long after. One of the sappiest songs. There's a lot of sappy stuff still happening at this point. Before the the Beatles came in and started yelling sappy. This was the song that Fletch was singing when the doctor shoved his finger up his ass in the office. (laughs) Say, Doc, I figured I got Moon River. <laughs> Henry Mancini and his uh, orchestra band of renown. Henry Mancini of the Pink Panther fame. Patsy Cline, 1961, made it to number two on the Billboard Top 100 with I Fall to Pieces. I. Look this. Each time I see you. You can misspell it and she could fall to Pisces. You could. I fall to Pisces. I'm sure it's out there on the internet. Spelled just that way. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest de- one of the greatest dedications you could ever give to a mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. 
I just love the lyric because it's the meanest woman I know. <laughs> Sound still in there. You can see they weren't quite out of it yet. Sorry about that, uh, mother-in-law special dedication. Uh, interesting story about Ernie K. Doe. Um, I guess he was a released felon from prison. Oh. And they did not want to release his music under his real name. So instead of calling him John Doe, they went with. Ernie K, because I think Ernie last name was started with a K, and they called it Ernie K Doe. Boy. So no one would try to look him up on the internet, you know, in 1961. Yeah, there was a lot of ways to hide back then. Just, just here, just fudge up my uh, birth certificate, will you? Exactly. I'll pay you. Here's a driver's license. It's yes, a yellow piece of paper. Doesn't even have a picture on it. Yes, an heroin. I bought it at the pharmacy. I actually lived in an era where my first permit was just a piece of paper. Didn't have a picture weird. on it or anything. It's Nothing crazy to think that that's just how it is. Yeah. Like, here, all right, have your mom sign it. Like, okay. Done. God, I wish I could have signed my mom's name. I'd have got in so much trouble in high school. Oh, yeah. My mom had this perfect handwriting. I couldn't copy it. That's how they did it. Practice knowing what it. What you got next from 1961 there, Paul? Ricky Nelson was busy, man. He was getting all over the place. I'm a traveling man. Made a lot of stops. Yeah, another big hit in 61, Hello, Mary Lou. Hello, Mary Lou. It's interesting uh, how many songs that must have come out of being bored on the road and tired and lonely and just want to get the hell out of it. Yep. I would say that's probably one of them. And a lot of them probably will never hear because uh, he died in a plane crash. It's crazy. If, if, I'm, if I'm a big-time pop singer, I don't think I'm going to fly ever. I understand when I hear people have like a fear of it. I do because these are the guys that tend to get on small planes and sometimes. And whoops, you know, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, and that's a whole sad separate story in itself. But it's always the small planes. It's never a commercial airliner. Here's a fun song: The Dovells. The kids in Bristol are sharp as a pistol when they do. Bristol stop. Really something when the jar is jumping when they do the Bristol stop. Bristol stop. Every Friday night. Da-da, da-da. 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 Da-da.
gotta shop around. Yeah, it was a pretty big hit for them. Yeah. It was a really big hit. I had it at a, a 24 or in that range for, for overall. Mr. Postman. Girl groups in full swing by this point. Yeah, groups like the Marvelettes, the Shirelles, and oh my gosh, so many. Speaking of the Shirelles. We were trying to pick a song to represent the Shirelles. Will you still nub me tomorrow? Nub me tomorrow by Buckwheat and the Shirelles. Love me manana. Buckwheat and the Darlers. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one that a lot of people don't know who sings it or even the song title. But if you play this at a 50s set, they love it. Oh, well... Do you have a yaya? Isn't that the Isn't that the name of uh, a Greek grandma? Yaya? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yaya. So I'm basically has a yaya. I'm basically hanging around waiting for my grandma to show up. His Greek grandma. Hello, yaya. We're gonna hang out and we're gonna have baklava. Yaya. Yeah, yeah. The Dorsey that was. Yep, good old Mr. and Mrs. Dorsey had a kid. Mm-hmm. And they had and they named him Lee, and that's about as much. Ernie as K. I know. Doe was taken. That's that's it. Let me see. If What's I your know. next entry into the foray, which is 1961? Let's see. I'm trying. To, there's a lot on here that I I'm not recognizing. It. While you're doing that, here's one. Calendar girl, Neil Sedaka. Very Was Neil Sedaka gay? You know, I kind of always assumed he was. I don't know if it if, if it's something where he ever came. I mean, out. when Liberace played, you didn't really have too much of a right. decision to make. And he never really officially came out, but like everybody knew. And I, 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 I just sort of assumed it, but I never dug into it. I'm just like, ah, oh, he's probably gay, right? Eh. Love will keep us together again by Captains Neil. Uh-huh. Suddenly, we've mentioned them twice in a podcast. Uh, yeah, um, uh, he wrote uh, their hit song, "Love Will Keep Us Together." Interesting. And at the end of the song, you hear Tony Tennille say, Sadaka is back Yeah. in the song. Interesting. Yeah, he was definitely a great songwriter yeah. and one of those guys who wrote a lot of songs people don't know, sort of like Prince has, has done that too. And um, I found one. I found one that you had mentioned a little bit earlier that you know, I didn't realize this was Copycat. In 61. Well, I found it to, to show the example to the world. Here's Dave Brubeck. Quartet, if I'm not mistaken. Take five. Was that the Infinity commercial? What was that commercial? One of those luxury cars was using this about 20 years ago. Is it the one where Matthew McConaughey has sex with a Lincoln or a Buick or something? I think he's currently doing that. I think he's actually engaged. Doing it right in the gas can. And of course, yeah, he's having sex with the muffler right now. All right, all right, all right. Doing the muffler. Doing the muffler now. All right. This is Monday's Matthew McConaughey. Right. So, since we are picking songs that people 
kind of recognize but don't know who did it and what it is. This was a huge hit in 1961. Hard to believe because I would never have been able to guess the song or the artist. This is the kind of shit that was on the car radio and when you're driving down the road. I would crash. Boy. This is Yellow Bird by Arthur Lyman. This sounds like old person music from back then. Yeah, even from back like, then. Like, I feel like a kid in the 1961 would be like, Mommy, can you change this? Music is stupid. And she'd be like, shut up. Kill you. Bobby Darren's attempt at taking a song that was popular in the 1920s and redoing it. It, it, it charted, but I don't know how. Right. Yeah, you can see he just tried to make it a 50s-ish sounding version of whatever the hell that was. Everyone at one time or another has tried to do that opening part. It's just it's fun to just say. That is the Marcells. Blue Moon, in case you couldn't tell. I have a question for you, Paul. I would like to know who put the bomb in the bomb to bomb to bomb bang to the bang. You know what? We found another BM. That's true, Barry Mann. We were trying to find BM artists when we got it. Who did put the bomb? Speaking of singing along and all I know is, is he did put the bump in. He put, oh, he put the bump in, all right. That's how he got the baby in the first place. He didn't want. Let me see. I got one more, and we'll give you one more. Yeah, I'm looking for one. I guess. Now, you played I Fall to Pieces. I did. But this oh, was sure. really Patsy Cline's biggest song sure. of all time, written by... Willie Nelson. Which is fascinating. That's what I'm here to do, is to fascinate you. I, I am crazy. endlessly fascinated. I'm crazy for feeling. Heavy hitter, packs the dance floor every time you play it. It doesn't matter if it's a country crowd or not. Right. Yeah, certain songs have that crossover reach. Uh, certainly in, in Florida, country is, is usually welcome. But. All right, the final song in the 1961 entry of the LSD podcast episode 102 belongs to my partner Paul Solio who's about to give us my tears are Bobby because you've taken her wants to remind everybody and though it really well, someone to take me so Good there's care. something that I've got to say what's that Bobby what a bubblegum song. Very much. A lot of that in the 50s, it seems. And you can see why they were getting anxious to change gears in uh, 63 and 4. They were, like, ready for something. And the reason, uh, gang, that we are never going to do a highlight of, of the year 1964 would be we'd be playing 19 Beatles songs. <laughs> they would suddenly become our featured group of the day. That's That's exactly it. As much so as I love them. But. So that's 1961, our final two episodes of the season. I'm going to give you a little heads up. Mm. 1985 
is our next year. 24 years fun, after. Fun year. Fun year. And the last one, uh, season thir- episode 13 of season 8, will be 1970. 1970, right on the nose. That's going to be that's gonna be a weird year because mm-hmm. 68 to 72 was a weird year, mm-hmm. uh, four years, because... A lot uh, of war and anti-war Yeah, a lot of folk music, stuff. acid rock getting started up yeah. and stuff. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff happening. Definitely going to be interesting. All right, gang, we're going to be back uh, right after this with our Mount Rushmore segment, which is uh, Famous Pirates. Right. We'll be right back. everyone, it's Soleo from the lighter side of dark. Let's be honest, 2020 has not been a lot of fun so far, and we could all probably use some laughs. When I need some laughs, my favorite place in the world to be is at Side Splitters Comedy Club in Tampa, Florida. Live stand-up comedy every Wednesday through Sunday night. Nationally touring acts, there's even acts you've probably never heard of that are hilarious. If you've never seen a live stand-up show, I want you to go. They are so much different in person and they are so much better you feel the energy you really feel like you're part of something special sidesplitterscomedy.com you can get your tickets online you can pick out your seats online so you can sit wherever you want if you want to be in the back because you're afraid that's fine you can do that go to sidesplitterscomedy.com and grab your tickets today Side Splitters Comedy Club presents our Mount Rushmore segment, where Paul and Rob talk about the top four in any number of categories and themes. Man, the uh, the Mount Rushmore segment, the longest running segment of the LSD podcast, is the one we're about to do. I think every every single week. So we have done a hundred, over a hundred of these. A hundred, hundred different uh, topics and subjects and and stuff like that there. But uh, this week's uh, Mount Rushmore is Famous Pirates. But before we do that, Paul's going to tell us who is at Side Splitters Comedy Club this week, why you should go. This weekend, come out and see Lynn Coplitz. Lynn uh, was a New York, Long Island native, but was sort of raised in Florida. Um, well, still, Florida, Florida is the uh, sixth borough. It, it is. And, and if, you, if you listen to her, you can hear that Long Island. Name, name all five boroughs really fast. Oh, uh, Nassau, Queens. But, uh, do I, uh, do I, this turn into a geography quiz. I can't think when I'm trying to promote comedy. <laughs> I've been here since I was 10. Whatever. <laughs> Brooklyn, Staten Island. What else? I don't know. So, Lynn. Queens, uh, Queens, Manhattan. Queens, that's it. Sounds Long good. Island. Lynn uh, was a regular on Joan and Melissa. Well, Joan knows best that the, uh, you know, the Joan Rivers, Melissa Rivers show. Um, she's been on The Late Show with Ferguson, Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. She's a veteran, very funny, really cool. Uh, and my brief interactions with her, she just seems like a down-to-earth comic. Like just so, And very funny. So she's here the 16th through the 19th of February. Is she, uh, is she attractive? She is. She's very attractive. Interesting. So okay. that's sort of a bonus. I may go, uh, I may go check her out. Indeed. All right, so we are talking uh, famous pirates, not Pittsburgh pirates. Okay. What, what, what this has taught me in, in the brief research I've been doing 
is I know jack shit about real pirates, and all I know are fake ones and legendary ones. Yeah. And except for Blackbeard, who is going to have to be on the list, I hope, because I don't know too many others. But I just, I didn't realize until I started researching. I'm like, all right, actual pirates, let's see. I'm like, oh. I've learned a lot more about pirates uh, since watching uh, a TV show called Drain the Oceans, where they find uh, shipwrecks, and they show you via computer what it, what it looks like, you know, resting on the seafloor. Also, I've been watching a lot of uh, Oak Island, The Curse of Oak Island. They're, all, they're trying to find one of the biggest treasures of all time there, and they keep finding little bits and pieces and so on. Mm-hmm. But um, you want to go first, or you want me to? Well... I was going to kick things off with Blackbeard because I don't know of anybody else so much by name. Um, even people, I guess, who don't know anything about pirates would probably know. You, you, you know his first name? Uh, Edward, I think. Edward. Edward, Edward. Teach or treat? Uh, it says teach is, yeah. what, is how it's listed. So he'd like to teach people so how to said, die. So he said famous pirate Edward Teach. Nobody would know you're talking Black Eddie! Though. Yeah. Eddie T! Eddie, man, you what's know what up? Saying, you know what I'm saying over there? It's not as dreadful, so yeah. Um, but he, uh, he had assembled a, uh, a massive fleet of, uh, of pirate ships in his day, and he was also um, one of the rare captains who treated his men with respect, and whatever loot they found, everybody got an equal share. It's interesting. He was still the captain, right. but he was just absolutely beloved by the people who followed him. It's really bizarre to think that because when you when you think about piracy, automatically it has a negative connotation. Yeah, you, you, it's it's yeah. sort of the bandits of the sea. You know? What you, you see is four guys find the treasure. One guy pulls out a gun, shoots three, and has all the treasure. So right. that, that'd be what I would expect to find on a, on a pirate ship. And I think a lot of yeah, – exactly. I think there are, a lot of that does go on on a pirate ship because – you know, men of low moral fiber, let's be honest, cannot be trusted. So for Blackbeard to sort of have this almost code of ethics and conduct, hey guys, we have some values that we adhere to here on ship Blackbeard. We all share in the loot, okay? One piece of eight for you. We're a family. Yeah. You get a piece of eight. You get a piece of uh-huh. eight. You get, it's like Oprah. <laughs> Oprah. Everybody a gets pirate. a piece of eight. Yeah. Well, let's get some grog and celebrate. Exactly. Hi. Well, I've got a, a famous one that a lot of people don't know was real. Captain Morgan. Ah, Captain Henry Morgan. Henry Morgan, perhaps uh, best known pirate of the buccaneering era. Okay. Um, Henry Morgan once uh, ordered his men to lock the inhabitants of Port-au-Prince, Cuba, inside a church so they could basically r- rape the town with no one obstructing them. Yeah. So they just got everybody together in the church, locked them in. Then they just went from house to house and took all the shit they wanted. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Blinked it, blinked it to the ground after that. Something tells me he was a little less nice to his own crew, Captain Morgan. Also, he uh, ended up being the governor of Jamaica That's weird. for a period of time. Governor Morgan. And, and during his time as, as governor of Jamaica, Jamaica passed laws against piracy. Huh. He pulled up the ladder. Yeah, I pretty knew much. It. Yeah. They all do it. Even even pirates do it. No, 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 no. Blundering, looting. I'm telling you, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Arr. We need a code of ethics here. All right, you're up next. Oh, boy. All right. Well, so uh, on my list, I thought that who can I find to stand out? And I found one. There was a female pirate that I never knew about. And she was apparently part of the golden age of piracy. You're talking about Madame Chang? 
Um, actually, well, I have Anne Bonny, but also we have very familiar with her too. Yes, I, I went with a different region of, of the world, but yes, it's it's another. Um, so there's a, there are a couple actually. It takes takes a, a badass to be a pirate, but Anne Bonny, who almost reminds me of like it, it sounds a little bit like William Bonnet, like the Billy the Kid of the Seas, but uh, she was one of the few uh, women sailed across the Caribbean. It was again in the golden age of piracy. Um, and it's just interesting to see. She was Irish, by the way, and Bonnie. She uh, was active in let's see, the 1700s, early 1700s. I can imagine uh, a chick named Bonnie from Ireland being some big bruiser of a woman who just absolutely just beats the shit out of guys, and that's why she became captain. Right. That's what I think it would have to be. Like, she could win a whiskey drinking contest against a bunch of pirates, or rum, maybe, is, better, is a better uh, use. But that's. In- I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I agree with that. Female pirate in the 1700s, you pretty much by default have to be a badass. <laughs> yeah. The Madam Cheng I was mentioning, I don't want her to be in the top four, uh, but she was uh, a Chinese-born uh, pirate mm-hmm. who really ran roughshod through the South China Sea. Had, had amassed a, a pretty big fortune. But uh, my next one is uh, one that everybody's heard of, Captain Kidd. K-I-D-D, by the way. Much like Rob is R-O-B-B. Um, Interestingly enough, yep. William. Not Billy the Kid, but William Kidd. And his real name. And, and he was basically known as a privateer, a pirateer, or privateer, where the government sanctions you to go out and be a pirate hmm. and attack vessels, claim them on behalf of the crown. And government bring, always has to get its hands in everything. And bring the loot back, and then they give the majority of it to the captain. They become wealthy, you know, landowners and stuff like that. Um, government sanctioned piracy, the nerve. He ended up killing one of his guys on the boat for being insubordinate mm. by beating him to death with a wooden bucket. Oh, man. See, this is more of what I expect from pirates. Yeah. Just you know, you're not you're not doing it right, so I'm gonna beat the shit out of you with this wooden bucket. So maybe he now. Do you realize stop. how long it would take me to beat you with a like a Home Depot bucket that, before you would die? That's what I mean. I mean, sure, maybe those wooden buckets were heavier, but the idea that you're repeatedly just the blunt force trauma required to to beat someone to death, he must really not have swapped the decks. The uh, the king the king of uh, England ended up uh, luring Captain Kidd back to England where he was tried and executed and they hung his body along the Thames River to warn other pirates. So they got him started and then that's kind of like we with the Shah of Iran. We put the Shah in there to run Iran and then when problems happened we just go, okay, like, sorry, right. sorry that didn't work out. Hey look, we hired you to do a job and we don't like where things have gone. So if you'll not excuse us, you're dead. Yeah, so Captain Morgan uh, and Captain Kidd are the two that I would bring. Um, Sir Francis Drake. Yes, yeah, Sir Francis. I was going to say, I, I had forgotten he was considered a pirate. Yep. But he is a pirate. He's a real one. He's yeah. one of the real folks. Yeah, because at, at the end of this, we're going to talk some, some fake pirates, too. Not that they're going to make the list, but we got to give some credit to some of them. Well, it's funny because it shows me how little I really know about piracy. And when, when you said pirates, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I know a bunch of pirates, I think. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll get to it. And then as I'm looking, I'm realizing, oh, 
I guess I didn't study in history. Or maybe Sir Francis Drake was literally the first captain to circumnavigate the globe. Right. I always thought of him as more of an explorer, but he is yeah. listed in any pirate list that you kind of research, he's going to appear on it. Yeah. So he did have whatever they qualify as piratey. Francis had that had that chutzpah. He was uh, definitely uh, definitely in the running. Um, now uh, there is a famous pirate who's hugely famous here in the Tampa Bay area. Buccaneer Bill? <laughs> Buccaneer Bruce? Uh, uh, Warren Sapp of the Buccaneers? Yeah, you know. Buccaneer Bruce with the... Dude, how do you not know Jose Gaspar? Oh, Gasparilla. That's Thank what we, you we so much. Yes. Yeah, we just literally celebrated it he's uh, two a, weeks ago. He's a bit of a local uh, notoriety uh, around, around these parts here. Yeah, basically came into Tampa Bay and... Took over Tampa and the the setting uh, government that happened to be is okay, cool, no problem. So he took over Tampa for I uh, almost a month. I think they basically just ran roughshod. And we have a huge event here in Florida. Uh, if you're familiar with, obviously, uh, Nolans and uh, what goes on there on uh, on Mardi Bur- Gras, Bourbon Street, yeah. and Rue Royale, all that kind of stuff. Our version of Mardi Gras is called Gasparilla. They have a day parade, which was two weeks ago on the 28th, I think it was, Saturday. And everybody dresses in Buccaneers gear, and they're all out there for the day parade. Then there's a night parade that happens right through Ybor City, our version of the French Quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's insane. There's a quarter million people to show up for that thing. Yeah. You give people an excuse to party and drink and be wild and show their tits and throw beads, they're going to do it's it. A good, it's a good day for me. Yeah. I made $82 and saw uh, a total of eight titties. I mean, I'd say that's a win. I know it's on four women, by the way, yeah. Paul. There wasn't that chick from uh, Total, Total Recall. Total Recall? No, no with, chick with, from With oh. a third boob in the center. Oh, well. Maybe next time. Yeah. That, that would be interesting. Three tits. One for each hand and your mouth in the middle, pretty it, much. It's a story to tell. You know, I once dated a woman <laughs> who had a third nipple. <laughs> so, yeah, I tell you what. Now let's talk uh, fake pirates. The ones fake that... Pirate. Uh, the ones that I actually know. Yeah. Like uh, like the dread pirate Roberts from Princess Bride, I knew apparently <laughs> know more about him than I oh do. Oh my God, about ca- God, I haven't thought about that particular pirate. Yeah, ever, that's a ever. that's a, that's uh, definitely going back a way. But uh, sure. And, I, and when I said Captain Morgan, a lot of people think he's made up. No, he was legit. Henry it's interesting, was right? Because they was a legit uh, pirate. They took a, a a real pirate, kind of just said Captain instead of using his first name, and then I guess there's plausible deniability. But they decided a pirate would be their guy. Makes sense. Let's it's rum. see if we actually have. Oh, yes, here we go. Oh, certainly. Well, well, well. Look what we have here this week. Captain Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, God, those. How many are they up to now? Francis? Six? Are they that much? It's possible. I lost track because they start. Pirates of the Caribbean, Die, they just give them die, subtitles. Har- die Harder. Die Harder. Pirates of the Caribbean, the Caribbean Strikes Back? Yes. Indiana Jones and the Last Galleon. (laughs) (laughs) There is another Indiana Jones movie coming out. They ran the Super Bowl commercial. The Dial of Destiny. And apparently it's going to open with the the de-aged version. I guess the opening sequence will feature that technology. So that should be interesting. Right off the bat, you're going to start reading the criticisms like, oh boy, here we go. I'm curious, but I'm a little concerned. I didn't really like uh, the What fourth. do you say about uh, Captain Hook? Definitely. I knew Captain Hook before 
I knew how to read. Who doesn't know the man from Peter Pan? Scary to think, you know. I don't know where that became a thing. Lose their hand in a sword fight, they decide. Right, give me a hook. Upbeat, considering. You remember Gonzo and the Muppet Show when they did the pirate movie? Yes. Yeah. Gonzo could always get into some shit, so. I love Gonzo. He's probably my favorite character uh, on all the Muppets because he just looks like you're, like, you're like, what the fuck is he? Right. It's not easy to create a creature. I don't know what a grimace is either, but somehow that thing has stayed alive yeah, in McDonald's. It's more of an uncomfortable face than it is a purple creature, but somehow, yeah, he's, he's in there. Like the Snuffleupagus of McDonald's. What other uh, captains can you think of? We got uh, let's see, Captain for, Hook, Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, uh, what about um, is that? Let me know who wins this argument that you're having with yourself. Yeah, good luck. They're still going at it. I thought I knew more fake pirates than I guess. <laughs> I don't even know fake pirates anymore. Captain Captain Hook. Yeah. Blackbeard. Well, he's well, Blackbeard real. Blackbeard was real. He's real. Edward Teach. Eddie. Good old Ed. Ed's, the Edster. Wow, have we really done? God. Oh, wait a minute. Jimmy Buffett was a pirate who looks at 40. That's that's true. Yeah. It's close enough. What a pirate looks at 40. The average lifespan of people during the time of piracy, the average lifespan, yeah. 40. It's crazy to think. 40. I know. It's a dangerous yeah, life. If you had gray hair, you were an elder, essentially, mm-hmm. at that point. I would assume gray hair was very rare back in these times, and, and you just didn't even see it that often. Just Something that uh, Blackbeard, uh, you probably remember this from watching the movie Yellowbeard, mm-hmm. Monty Python and uh, <laughs> Mel Brooks classic. Uh, they actually did do this. When pirates would uh, board ships, they would put lit fuses, cannon fuses, in their beard and light them. So they would jump onto the boat, and their beard would be smoking, and like shooting, like fuses going off in their beards. Oh, that's crazy! They did that, and that was in Yellowbeard. They had a, right. that, that exact scene was in there. I always wonder what that was for. But yeah, wow. they used to do that to try to scare people that much more. That's nuts! Like they weren't already terrified. Here they are, fire-breathing dragons coming on board our ship. Well, I guess that's one way to get their loot. And the uh, the English are the ones that invented the plank. Leave it to the Brits. Making people walk the plank. Whatever they would find, uh, whenever they would capture a British ship, yeah, they would take all the able-bodied men that they could, and they were going to basically make them into slaves to run the boat and keep it going and so on. But anybody who was unworthy or was to be punished or whatever, the previous captain, they oh. built this plank that sticks out. They would literally make them walk the plank. Oh, I know. Just the idea of that is terrifying. Just tied up and poke, you know, they'll like poke you off it so you... You can't even help it. It's just like... you got to basically torture. kill yourself because they were tied up. It's not like they could just right. jump in and sweat. So you're going to drown. Ugh. Just the idea is horrible to think about. Kind of makes... The pirate era. So you have it. Right there, everybody. That is going to uh, wrap up uh, episode 102 of Lighter Side of the Dark with Sylvia and Smith. Uh, Paul, tell people where they can find out more about us. Hey, hop on FB, Facebook, or wherever you are these days. 
Lighter Side of Dark or LSD Podcast. If you search for those on Facebook, you can find us. You can like our page there. You can message us there even. Um, you can go to our website, Lighter Side of Dark. Lighter Side of Dark. Easy for you to say. It's impossible. Uh, what if they do the uh, the the twitting thing or the Insta thing? How do they find us there? At lighter side dark. Not lighter side of. Nope. Somebody apparently had it. Go figure. So lighter side dark. If you're on Insta, or Twitter. We're calling the attorney. We're gonna see the shit out of them. We're gonna That's sue them for all they're worth, and we get a check for one hundred and sixty-five dollars. Perfect. Well worth it. One sixty-five. So again, next week we'll be talking uh, the year 1985, and uh, did I say what our about Russia worst is going to be? I don't think you did yet. No, I did not. Um, watch brands, famous watches. All right. Yeah, watch brands. I, I have my Apple Watch, and I have a feeling it's not going to make it on the list. But yep, I've got my uh, it, uh, my Invicta. That's a, that's a that's a sturdy love. That's a big watch. boy right there. I love Invictus, and this this one came out in 2016, limited edition, and yeah. I kept my eye open for it. And ended up getting one. I'll even take a picture of it next week. I'm just that kind of guy. Well, uh, Paul, it's been a pleasure working with me. Oh, hasn't it though? We will see everybody next week for episode 103, then 104, and we're done. We're taking a month off. Take care, everybody. Bye. Lighter Side of Dark is a brainchild of DJs Rob Smith and Paul Solio and is meant for the sole purpose of entertainment, merely opinions of our host and not meant to be taken seriously. Written and produced by Paul Solio and Rob Smith. Edited by Rob Smith, announcer Dave Anthony, original music provided by Seth Book and a local Tampa band, Noodles Magoo. You may visit the website at www.lightersideofdark.com or visit on Facebook at the Lighter Side of Dark podcast, available on most podcast formats and services. For sponsorship interest, please email at listener at lightersideofdark.com. Recorded at the Fame DJ School Studios in Spring Hill, Florida. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please go back and start from the beginning of the series. We appreciate you following our show.